WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. As Congress faces a Sunday deadline to agree to keep the government funded, Southwest Michigan's congressmen are split on what's going to happen. More from Ken Lundberg. As Congress faces a Sunday deadline to agree to keep the federal government funded and open, area lawmakers are split on what's going to happen. Congressman Tim Wahlberg remains optimistic that House Republicans can solve their internal differences and strike agreement with the Senate. Congressman Bill Heisinger said on today's WSJM Morning Show that they're close but there will probably be a brief shutdown. I believe it's, we are probably headed towards shutdown, but I'm, we're working on avoiding that. And hopefully if it is, it's going to be a temporary one. Congress has until midnight Saturday to reach agreement. Ken Lundberg, WSJM News. With the winter approaching, the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services is urging everyone to be prepared for illness by getting vaccinated. Michigan Chief Medical Executive Natasha Bogdasarian tells us the new COVID shot is now available. She says we've moved into a new era in which COVID can be viewed as similar to the flu. COVID has become, or is becoming, I should say, more of a seasonal issue. And this is what we were anticipating. We were really looking forward and expecting COVID to have sort of seasonal peaks and, and valleys the same way that other viruses do. Fagdasarian says with vaccines and treatments now available, a person can greatly reduce their risk of a serious illness even if they get infected. Now is the time to do it. It's a good idea to get vaccinated sometime in late September, which is right now, or into October, so that you've got those really good antibody levels in the coldest, darkest winter months when these viruses tend to spread the most. Magdasarian says everyone should also get vaccinated against the flu. She notes the federal government still gives out free COVID tests, which can be ordered at covidtests.gov. She asks those who are feeling ill to get tested, stay at home, or wear a mask when going out. A couple of meetings are planned for next month for residents of Chickaming Township, New Buffalo, and the Three Oaks area to learn more about plans for Indiana-Michigan Power's New Buffalo-Bridgman Transmission Line Rebuild Project. INM plans to rebuild 21 miles of power lines and power poles throughout the area at a cost of $51 million starting next year. An open house in the project was held in June, and that has led to some amendments to it. They include the installation of wooden power poles as opposed to steel poles in the village of Three Oaks and the possibility of reimbursements for some tree removals on private property. INM will present the updated plans on Monday, October 9th at Chickaming Township Hall and Tuesday, October 10th at Three Oaks Elementary School. Both presentations will start at 6.30 and both are being offered over Zoom. We have links to them at our website. Work on the transmission line project is expected to take place from 2024 through 2026. New legislation aims to fix a problem caused by Michigan's 2019 auto insurance reform law. Brain Injury Association of Michigan Director Tom Judd tells us Senate Bills 530 and 531 would create a fee schedule that must be honored by insurance companies when paying rehabilitative care providers. He says changes to the catastrophic coverage rules in Michigan's auto insurance system that were made with the 2019 law have made it impossible for some care providers to service patients most in need. He calls the new Senate bills a narrow fix to that 2019 law. It fixes the unintended consequences of the law in 2019. The intent of the law was to obviously reduce insurance premiums. One can argue whether that's happened or not. But what it definitely did was cause a problem to access to care and really cause a crisis in care. Judd says since the auto insurance law was reformed in 2019, the association has seen care providers close their doors, reduce who they serve, or dismiss people with the most intense needs. He's expecting pushback on the new legislation from the insurance lobby, but says changes are needed. 
The bills from state senators Mary Kavanaugh and Sarah Anthony were introduced this week. A former church in Niles will soon have a new life thanks to a Berrien County winemaker and distillery. The Niles City Council this week granted Round Barn a 10-year tax abatement for Grace United Methodist Church on Grant Street. It'll freeze the taxable value of the property for a decade while Round Barn turns the church into a restaurant and tasting room. The project is expected to cost $1.3 million, and Round Barn says it represents a significant milestone for the business. This will be Round Barn's third location in Berrien County. Niles Community Development Manager Ryan Millen says the, quote, investment in the city is a wonderful addition supporting our economic development efforts. He adds it will create 15 new jobs. A Michigan lawmaker is trying to make it cheaper to buy a bottle of water at a game or concert in the state. State Representative Dylan Wagenaugh of Garden City has introduced legislation that would set upper price limits for bottled water at stadiums and concert venues. What we're trying to do is to make sure that the price of water is affordable for everybody who attends. Um, You know, you might think of a, a concert or a baseball game you've been at in the last several years where it's very hot out, uh, but yet you go to get a bottle of water and you're paying six, seven, eight dollars for a bottle of water, a bottle of water that costs maybe 24 cents or less to make. Wagala says people need affordable water to stay hydrated or beat the heat when they're at events. He adds no one should have to choose between staying healthy or breaking the bank when buying a drink at an event. And President Joe Biden's trip to Belleville to visit striking auto workers this week was a historic first. It marked the first time that a sitting American president has stood with striking workers on the picket line. Daniel Clark is a history professor and automotive labor historian at Oakland University. There's always a, a strand of history that uh, celebrates struggle, whether or not it results in tangible gains for those doing the struggling. But the future is unknown, and uh, we don't know what the future of electronic vehicles, electric vehicles will be. While talking about former President Donald Trump's visit today, Clark said he would target the same workers Biden met with Tuesday. United Auto Workers President Sean Fain has slammed Trump's visit, saying his track record would indicate he's not in support of workers. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture and Dwozhak, where furniture shopping is fun. With Republicans in Congress deadlocked on how to fund the federal government, Biden administration officials are warning about the costs of a government shutdown. Uh, Today, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg detailed the effects a government shutdown would have on the nation's airports and runways. More from ABC's Brittany Shepard. Secretary Buttigieg explained the immediate impact a shutdown would have on the airline industry. It would mean we would immediately have to stop training new air traffic controllers and furlough another 1,000 controllers who are already in the training pipeline. Buttigieg Wednesday delivering this message to Republicans. They should explain themselves directly to all of the nonpartisan civil servants who make sure that planes land safely, who inspect trucks and railroads and pipelines to prevent disasters, who will have to go without pay. Brittany Shepard, ABC News, Washington. The Senate is marching ahead with a bipartisan approach to prevent a government shutdown, but on the House side, Speaker Kevin McCarthy is back to square one. The Republican leader laid out his strategy today behind closed doors. He asked hard-right Republicans to do what they've said they'd never do and pass their own temporary measure to keep the government open. A House test vote is set for Friday, one day before the shutdown deadline. Their plan would cut spending by 8% and toughen border security. The Senate bill would fund their government, adding $6 billion for Ukraine aid and $6 billion for U.S. disaster relief. 
Meanwhile, several House Republicans say they will let the government shut down if President Biden doesn't do more to secure the U.S.-Mexico border. But how exactly would a government shutdown affect border security? ABC's Andy Field takes a look. Texas Republican Senator August Pfluger spoke for more than two dozen fellow House members on saying he's ready to allow a government shutdown. No border security, no funding. It's time to shut down the southern border. But with no continuing spending bill, nearly 60,000 Customs and Border Patrol officers and another 16,000 immigration officials will have to work without pay. Andy Field, ABC News, Washington. Republicans are meeting for their second presidential debate as top rivals seek to blunt the momentum of Donald Trump. The former president is so confident he will continue to cruise through the party's primary that he's again foregoing sharing a stage with his competitors. Seven GOP White House candidates are squaring off at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library in California for a debate tonight sponsored by Fox Business. Rather than attend, Trump will be in Detroit delivering a primetime speech that will compete for airtime with the debate and take place before a crowd of current and former union members. Meanwhile, with that debate going on tonight, we have some new numbers on what Republican voters are saying heading into the debate. ABC's Alex Stone is more from California. In a pre-debate poll of Republican primary voters by 538, Ipsos and the Washington Post, Republicans are expecting Vivek Ramaswamy, Ron DeSantis, and Nikki Haley to perform the best tonight. That's a dangerous place to be because if they fall short, it can hurt them. Trump still has a giant lead in the field. He won't be debating tonight. But in the new poll, 49% of Republican voters say they are considering voting for DeSantis. Republican voters say the high costs of living and immigration are the most important issues deciding their vote. Alex Stone, ABC News, Los Angeles. The White House says the American soldier who sprinted into North Korea across the heavily fortified border between the Koreas two months ago has been released into U.S. custody. Private Travis King's release was secured with the help of ally Sweden and rival China. Earlier today, North Korea decided to expel Private King. The announcement has surprised some observers who expected the North to drag out his detention in the hopes of squeezing concessions from Washington at a time of high tensions between the two. King's expulsion almost certainly does not end his troubles, though. His fate remains uncertain, having been declared AWOL by the U.S. government. U.S. Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey has pleaded not guilty in federal court to bribery charges. His wife, Nadine, also pleaded not guilty in the case. Political pressure is mounting on the senior senator from New Jersey. ABC's Jay O'Brien has more. At least 20, if not more than 20, of Menendez's fellow Senate Democrats have called on him to resign. That includes perhaps Menendez's closest ally in the Senate, the fellow Democratic senator from New Jersey, Cory Booker, who was a character witness in Menendez's last corruption trial in 2017. Nonetheless, Menendez says he is not going to step down. Leader Schumer said it was good of him to step down as chair of the Foreign Relations Committee, a position he's accused of abusing. But Menendez says despite stepping down from that position, he's not leaving the Senate anytime soon. He's up for re-election in 2024. The Biden administration has admitted Israel into a select group of countries whose citizens are allowed to travel to the United States without getting a visa in advance. The decision was announced today in Washington. It comes despite U.S. concerns about the Israeli government's treatment of Palestinian Americans. The agreement's a major accomplishment for Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, who has sparred frequently with the Biden administration. Under the waiver program, as of November 30th, Israelis will be able to travel to the U.S. for business or leisure purposes for up to 90 days without a visa, simply by registering with the electronic system for travel authorization. 
And fans of late-night talk shows can rejoice because those shows are coming back in less than a week. Morph maybe sees Jason Nathanson. Fans of topical monologues rejoice. All three of the 1130 Network guys will be back on Monday. The host returning to late night now that the writers can go back to work while they vote on a new contract. Seth Meyers will also be back on NBC on Monday, and John Oliver is getting a jump on all of them. His HBO series Last Week Tonight returns with new episodes this Sunday. As for the podcast, they all started during the strike. The Strike Force 5, that will continue with four more episodes. Jason Abramson, ABC News, Hollywood.